0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 1993, 16-year-old Brandon Lee enrolled at Bearstown Academy, a secondary school in a well-to-do suburb of Glasgow, Scotland. What followed over the next two years became the stuff of legend. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, We're joined today by the director of this wonderful documentary film called My Old School, and that would be Jono McLeod. Jono, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, thank you. I will tell you at the top of our interview, um, for people listening, this is a difficult interview to navigate because I don't want to give away very much. I'm going to rely heavily on your good judgment in this regard, uh, but I'll tee us up with the basics here just to get us kicked off. I mentioned Brandon Lee and his enrollment at Barriston Academy, and I'll let you take it from there. Well, sort of where, where, how would you uh, essentially you, the elevator pitch on the film? <laughs>
1: without... I mean, well,
0: I guess what
1: we're doing with this film is we're taking you back to 1993. Uh, and you're joining my uh, junior year class uh we yes. um the door opens one day and a new kid walks in he's from canada mm-hmm. he looks rather different to the rest of us and he's dressed like a bit of a geek you know he's in full school uniform um, and we're all a bit more casual he has a strange accent he just seems so different and he's super clever he's way cleverer than any of us and over the course of the next year or so um, he basically works his way through the kind of social strata of high school uh to become one of the most popular kids. It's kind of it's the plot of every high school movie, I think. I was stranger just gonna Ar- say a, this, you know, is, a this is John Hughes class.
0: on steroids, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Definitely. It's mean girls, it's clueless, it's every high school. <laughs> movie. It's especially never been kissed, guys. Um, so yeah, basically that's the um that's where we take it from. And you know, and it's an unusual we're an unusual film in the way that we tell the story. I mean, if you want to come see a true crime movie, then by all means come along, but I've made a high school movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's about there is this unraveling of the story behind Brandon Lee. There's that element of it. There's the I'll call it the who done it of the film, but that's not this is about the people whose lives he impacted. You're by the way, your classmates. Which I mean, there's so many things that sort of line up in terms of telling the story. The fact that you're a filmmaker in this situation, and here we find ourselves sitting in 2022 as the person who told the story to us is another really very interesting and intriguing part of this, of this story. So what was your first impression of Brandon? Do you recall what you thought when you saw him or you met him?
1: Um, yes, he looks a lot older than us. <laughs> That's what we all thought.
0: Were you- were you one of the but, people uh, chanting his nickname, which I, were you one of the no, people? That, I, OK, I,
1: I was not one of those kids uh, giving him his nickname, which we reveal in the film. I mean, I guess there was always kids at school who looked a little bit older than the rest of us. One of my friends, David, it was he looked he looked a good bit older than us. He, he had the stubble. And so he would he would buy the beers for us or for us. I say for us, not for me. He would buy the beers for the party. <laughs> He'd suddenly, when Brandon arrived, David's star was outshone because he was a guy who looked even older than him. But, uh, yeah, so that was basically Brandon's first impression on everyone. But the teachers told us the back story and we had to be kind to him. He'd been misfortune uh, in his recent past. So, And we were good kids for the most part, you know. Um, and I think that that was a lot of, of what made his kind of entry into the school a bit, a bit more smooth than it perhaps would have been if he'd arrived to the school where i'm I'm from i'm not from bears den the, the town where the the, the school is um, i'm from a neighboring town that's slightly across the tracks and rough around the edges uh, i came in by bus every day uh, so i was ve- i was very much an outsider as well and that's kind of stood me in good stead i think for making this film because i wasn't at the parties i wasn't you know i didn't have that social life and um, that our kids had the connections they had to brandon so as a documentary maker. It's, it was a good position to be in, I think.
0: yeah I would like to talk a little bit about the the social strata of Beersden in that surrounding area and how that impacted in some ways impacted Brandon's desires and his goals and his expectations about life let's describe that
1: yeah so Beersden it's fancy man it's the fancy part of Glasgow it's where the Rich footballers and the doctors and the lawyers and, and, and the people with money live. Um, but it's and within that town, there's varying degrees of that. So there's the really big fancy old tobacco money mansions. Um, and then that goes right down to the much smaller houses where people scrimp and save to be able to afford a house and Bears debt So that the kids, I guess, can, can have a much better chance of going to that school. So, yeah, so there's basically varying Um, degrees of wealth and bears then but it's all about uh, trying to attain it or uh, attain success i guess yeah um and so yeah that's where brandon finds himself fresh off the plane from canada um it's where i found myself because my you know my, my parents wanted um a different uh level of opportunity for me perhaps than i would have been afforded if i'd gone to the school that i was meant to go to I mean, basically the actual, the politics of it is, is, is Margaret Thatcher. In the 1980s, Margaret Thatcher brought in a a, a law that meant that uh, c- parents could put their children into schools outside their catchment areas. And that's why I was given the opportunity to do that. And it's that's quite a crucial fact, actually, because it happens. And uh, that happens in Thatcher's rule in the 1980s, which sits between the two years of our film. So if you bear that in mind watching the film, you you, you might have an idea of the kind of politics behind it.
0: Well that brings up the the thing that m- I may be mistaken about but my ex m- what I remember about learning about British schools was it was kind of a caste system of sorts was it not so this was a little bit of a, a dent in that system was that is that a way to
1: it's quite confusing because I think in America you have the opposite description for schools but in the UK a, a private school is a fee paying school and a public school is a school that every kid regular kids can go to so basically uh bearsden academy is a state school but it's a really high achieving one and it's and they make it they made it their business at bearsden academy to make sure their kids achieve and you know did well on exams and so when this perfect pupil arrives off the plane from canada and um, well it's no wonder that um the teachers were happy to welcome in this kind of top class student yeah. this perfect perfect pupil
0: Perfect pupil. And a great backstory. There's so much about the film. The film is called My Old School. And we're speaking with the director, John L. McLeod. And there's so much. There's so many twists and turns. There's interesting personalities. Brandon certainly is a very interesting person. His backstory is remarkably interesting. His ability to to alter the minds of people around him i found to be an an interesting part of if i'm saying that correctly is that a good way to put his power if you will
1: yeah he's a persuasive person yeah
0: for sure (laughs) so and the film is told in a very interesting way first of all let's talk a little bit about how alan cumming came into the project
1: so we classmates were always aware you know, when the story broke and it was such a big deal in Scotland and throughout the UK and, and you know certain countries around the world, um, there was a level of interest in it. Excuse me,
0: excuse me and, for yeah, interrupting. How yeah, big so, of a story? Was on it was the, it an on OJ the, level yeah. kind of story yeah. or was
1: it in I don't know about OJ, but in it certainly in Scotland, this story is to this day is, is social catnip. In the rest of the UK, so in London and in England and the rest. Of UK um the story ran for the week or two that it kind of captured the national interest but for Scotland you know Brandon is our is our great white hoax so yeah even to this day this story is tabloid catnip in Scotland yeah it was pretty big man there was satellite trucks outside the school it was particularly embarrassing for me because the story broke we'd all departed for university and I was in my first week at journalism college. And so I was the dunce of the class with every, all the other journalism students looking at me thinking, sorry, you were in a class with this man for how long? And you didn't notice that the biggest story in Scotland was happening. So, yeah, that was that was tough, man. That was tough.
0: <laughs> OK, well, thank you for indulging me in that, because that's how I wanted to get to Ellen coming in terms of. There was there was a little bit of a history with Alan in this story, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, Brandon has published he's, he's written um, his his version of events. He's published his memoirs a few times. Um, first time around, he sold his movie rights, and there was going to be this movie uh, directed by and starring Alan Cumming. For whatever reason, it just didn't happen, and we were always aware that it hadn't come about. It was kind of, I always thought of it as, I mean. It's, it had to be one of Scotland's great unmade movies. The fact that this amazing story had never been told. We were all a bit suspicious when uh, "Never Been Kissed" appeared a few years later. it was a bit close to the Brandon story, but uh, Drew Barrymore was Brandon. Um, but yeah, so we were. We we always were like, why is no one ever told this? I guess the realization I came to. Um, one of the reasons for everyone's confusion throughout the film, in, t- in terms of the story. Um, in telling it is that the person who's been telling the story all, all these years was Brandon himself by kind of assembling all the classmates together and giving her a version of events. And that's what we were kind of aiming to do. And so then when I when Brandon had his stipulation that he would only give an audio interview and wouldn't be seen, I had in my head, uh, there was a, a documentary from some years back by Kyle uh, Bernard called The Arbor, um, which had successfully used lip sync Um, And so I knew that was the case. And then when I realized that, well, then that means I need a a modern day, a present day, Brandon, who better in a movie about going back in time and reconnecting with your past than the man who was supposed to play this role back then. So um, and also Alan loves the challenge. And I kind of knew that the the lip sync thing would really tickle him.
0: Yeah, he's a terrific. He's a terrific artist. He's a terrific uh, actor. So it was great to see that connection. Another device that you used in telling the story is animation. And I love the way the, the film interplays with, with real footage and then and then the animation. It's such an entertaining film. So how did the decision get made that you wanted to use this amount of animation in it?
1: it as you say, it's a fun film, but it's yeah. a complicated plot. So right. I knew that we needed to lead the viewer by the hand for a lot of it. And therefore, the reconstructions, the flashback scenes had to be really clear. Um, and at first in the process, I thought, oh, right, okay, this is my filmmaking debut, and we're going to shoot period reconstruction drama. And then someone explained that the idea of what that would mean budget-wise to me. And I was like, okay. Uh, we tried <laughs> different with the um, it was a Scottish animation company called Wild Child, who were amazing, who we worked with. And I tra- Tried a version where we filmed shot actors on green screen and then rotoscoped over the top of them, um, and it looked visually arresting, but it had no warmth to it at all. Um, it, it looked sinister for me, to be honest. And if there's a word that I didn't necessarily want to associate with my film, even though people might expect it to, to be associated with this film, it's not a sinister depiction for the most part. And so I kind of lived in the world of graphic novels, like all through the pandemic, I didn't really read actual books, I, I only read graphic novels. And I kind of realised that, you know, there's that connection that you can have with a much simpler drawing um, than you can perhaps with, you know, a, a, a visual film depiction. And yeah, basically I was watching the Marvel show WandaVision and they perfectly, each episode of that show perfectly recreates a different era of American sitcom Um And that got me thinking, well, if that was the case with with animation what would that be and then of course the big brain wave was that brandon had walked into our classroom with this monotone north american accent big curly hair glasses and it's the 1990s and so he's daria um and um and so there was nobody else better to nod to than this utter icon of 90s high school life um that that Back That's there.
0: awesome. That's such an awesome, and that was such a cool little uh, animated series. Wow. Well, I want to let people know again: the film is called My Old School, and it is being released through Magnolia Pictures. It's coming out this Friday, July twenty second. Be looking for this. Thank you so much for a very entertaining and interesting documentary film, My Old School. And we've been speaking with the director, John O. McLeod. John O, thank you so much, and congratulations on your first feature.